0: hello and welcome back to radiant health this is nurse faith and i'm looking forward to episode number 11 so welcome back this past weekend i'm feeling extra fired up about aesthetics and regenerative medicine because i was able to attend a conference in newport beach put on by InMode aesthetics who is the makers of the morpheus 8 radio frequency microneedling device The title of today's episode is The Future of Aesthetic Medicine, a focus on wellness, prevention, and regeneration. So today's conversation is going to be not only about the future of aesthetics, where the industry is going, what kind of procedures you can expect to blow up and become more popular, but we're also going to talk about the power of aesthetic medicine and what this has to do with people's overall health. So I'm going to start with the power of aesthetic health, and then I'm going to move into modern and preventative, regenerative treatments, gaining popularity, and then we will end with wellness and aesthetics and more holistic thoughts per usual. So the company InMode that I went to the conference for this weekend makes treatments for the face, body, skin, and women's wellness. The main speaker was plastic surgeon, Dr. Talon Menengus. and what is important and why I'm including in this episode is because we talked a lot about the trends of our patients and what we are seeing going ahead in aesthetic medicine. Patients want to feel better, to look younger, to have natural results, and to have quick instantaneous results. The good news is that with a lot of the technology that we have and the treatments that we offer, these things really are possible, But in that same breath, good things take time and natural outcomes that are also regenerative, meaning stimulating your own body to create a response that we want to rebuild and to repair, those things take time. True regenerative medicine is a broad field that includes tissue engineering, but it also incorporates research on self-healing. So for example, Morpheus 8, which is radiofrequency microneedling, we are doing a form of tissue engineering. We are using heat, energy, and little teeny needles to help stimulate your body, engineer that tissue to rebuild and repair itself better and stronger. Regenerative medicine may also sometimes be used with the help of foreign biological material to recreate cells and rebuild tissues and organs. So we think of more things like biostimulation with Sculptra, with your own plasma, PRP, things like that. So if we're going to use these great tools, they need a really great, healthy, good working body system for them to work at their best which means we need you at your healthiest and your best not only for procedure outcomes that's not what we care about we care about you feeling your best and in turn these things are going to work so much better for you as well let me provide you with a really great example so i had a patient in her mid-70s she had done lots of lasers in the past and she was the best outcomes i have seen with the morpheus 8 face and neck skin tightening procedure we did three sessions we also did post procedure platelet rich plasma which is fantastic to utilize your own growth factors to enhance results and help boost collagen and elastin production her outcomes were absolutely amazing it looked as if she had done a surgical intervention but she did not and so yes i had done extra prp post procedure i do a lot of exosomes as well similar idea adding a boost of growth factors but as i talked more to this patient and again i think she was 74 75 she exercises almost every day. She eats a high protein diet. She's been strength training for years. She takes collagen supplements. And so I can't help but draw a correlation and conclude that obviously if we are doing all these treatments that require your body to do some sort of work or perform some sort of action, we of course want your body at its healthiest, utilizing all of its resources properly and efficiently so then why wouldn't aesthetic medicine have the biggest impact and focus on whole body health and wellness aesthetic health is represented by overall wellness that reflects in the conditions of skin hair and nails general physique and personal countenance we know this to be true in everyday life in the fact that when we judge someone's health status our first initial thing is their appearance And this is not a shallow thing. This is not only human nature, but in nursing school, we are taught to assess all of these things again, not a shallow thing. These things directly do represent the health status of an individual. Going even further, we know how much of an effect that someone's appearance has on their mental health. The look good, feel good mentality is a real thing. It's studied and it's studied in specifically sports psychology, which I find very interesting. Psychologist Jonathan Jenkins at Massachusetts General Hospital breaks it down like this. He says that in the world of sports psychology, the look good, play good idea boils down to two terms in cloth cognition and self-efficacy so in cloth cognition the idea that what you are wearing or what someone else may be wearing has a influence on a person's emotion same thing goes with physical appearance he describes it as when you are playing a sport and you are wearing a practice penny versus your game jersey there seems to be a difference in energy when you're wearing that game jersey So if these concepts seem to be proven true with just articles of clothing, then feeling good in our own skin is inherently important. Deion Sanders is known to say, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good pay good you live good okay, long quote but that helps describe that feeling that we all know when you put a little bit of effort into yourself into feeling good you look good on the outside and you radiate that natural feel good energy a lot of this does go back right to self-care that we've talked a lot about so that's another great thing why the power of aesthetics can bring a lot more than we think at a superficial level so now that we have talked about the power of aesthetics for how someone feels about themselves in addition To being a reflector of their overall health status, let's talk about some of the preventative and regenerative procedures that have been gaining popularity and are projected to become even more increasingly popular. It is probably no surprise that Botox and filler are number one and two on the top list and have been for many years. But like I said, I want to keep these in the more naturalistic regenerative preventative categories. Radiofrequency frequency microneedling is one of the top searched procedures on RealSelf, which is a website that reviews patients' real reviews of certain aesthetic procedures, surgeries, and non-surgical options. But for providers, what it does is it helps us gauge and sense what people are interested in, what they're searching for, and what they're looking on more information about. So, gaining that popularity, like I said, is radio frequency microneedling. Morpheus 8 is a specific device that performs radio frequency microneedling, but this too was a very sought after and searched term. Laser resurfacing is also gaining popularity. We're also going into a season where summer is over and people are noticing more sun damage on their skin after this, again, change in season and post summertime. What's also super interesting is there was a new allergen release in the last couple of weeks called Vive. I have already had a lot of patients reaching out and asking about Vive, what it does and why it's different than a dermal filler of hyaluronic acid. So I want to explain it and tell you why it is a new treatment category, and I am excited because I think overall, like I said, it's a new allergen release but it's interesting because it is going in the direction of more natural and all it is is an injection to hydrate the dermis of your skin. So when we are using a moisturizer or we're doing some type of microdermabrasion, we're typically addressing the skin at the epidermis a little bit more superficially, but we are typically not addressing hydration at the dermal layer of the skin, which is where this injection is on label to be utilized for. The ingredients are the chemical form of hyaluronic acid and lidocaine. So Yes, it's a new treatment category and a new technology, but here is how I interpret this the largest name allergen in aesthetics has created a product that is based on skin quality and treating skin quality at the root of the issue which is hydrating it from the inside out so this is great news because as a whole industry we are moving in a direction again that's more natural and even from the perspective of the fact that this is not altering someone's facial shape this is addressing specifically skin quality and what people are going for is a healthy glow that's how it's been- marketed and that's what they know people are looking for. So to me, again, this is exciting and great news because this has been my philosophy in treating patients throughout my entire career in aesthetics. And so I'm really excited that the industry is moving in a direction that is more natural outcomes and focused on not only the root of the issue, but achieving a healthy glow, a radiant appearance that is a result of treating the root of the problems, not just chasing symptoms. And so it's cool to think where we could be in another five, another 10 years, because even in my own little world of aesthetics, I see so many people leaning towards, let's talk about people's lifestyle, what they're doing outside of here, because when they want to achieve an aesthetic appearance that involves feeling and appearing healthy, there's so many things that go into that that we don't have control of in the office. Not to mention to work in the field of aesthetics, you have to be, of course, a licensed medical professional. So we all have the schooling and the education to know the basics of human health and wellness. I've talked about before, I think there's a lot of changes that could be made to current education for healthcare professionals and including a lot more of diet and lifestyle into our overall education. But again, in general, we have the science and we have the information to know what people need to feel better. And this can often become a conversation on pharmacology, on drugs and on medications, But when we take a step back, and I think that the pandemic helped a lot of people to realize, but self-care and actually what people are doing at home, what they're doing every single day, what they're eating, how they're moving their bodies has a lot more to do with their overall health and their longevity than any of the things that we could ever do in a clinic or in a hospital setting. So then it seems always complex, like where do we even start with healthcare when we want to move in a more preventative direction? But when we actually break down If we need to be more preventative as a society, that actually comes right down to self-care. This is because all of the things that are proven to prevent illness, to prevent chronic disease, are all things that people have to do on their own. And I truly feel that if people knew better, they would do better. And this knowing better, I'm not talking about they know that if they work out, they will lose weight. That is so topical, superficial, and frankly, not helpful. If they knew exactly how much better they could feel, how much longer they could live, and how their exercise affects their family, their friends, and the children that they're going to raise, that's a lot more education that's more impactful on someone as an individual in learning their health and wellness journey. So when you're trying to educate someone, you need the listener to be in a ready learning state, right? So that was a major issue I ran into in the hospital. I just saw people's eyes glaze over when I talked about some of these small changes as far as dietary habits or exercise. And it's because they feel like there's a barrier to doing these things. It doesn't seem realistic or feasible to them, This has a lot to do with all the systemic things that I have discussed before. So infrastructure, the economy, of course, food deserts, all the things that cause people to have a hard time making healthy choices. But the first step even in changing structural things like this just has to do with having more conversations and our, us as a society realizing how important it is for everyone. Another good example in the aesthetics industry is the fact that Ozempic has completely taken over the nation. There's shortages everywhere and a lot of med spas are carrying Ozempic and administering it for weight loss. So I've talked about this before and how I don't think that quick fixes are always a good choice. And I think there's a lot of negative side effects when used in the wrong case. But at the same time, there is completely excellent cases for the use of Ozempic as a pharmaceutical drug, which is what it was intended for, diabetic patients. But again, here's another small little thing we're seeing where the aesthetics industry is realizing that, again, weight loss might be an aesthetic goal for someone, but we're also realizing as a society, especially post-pandemic, that being overweight and having certain comorbidities increases your risk of so many other things. And so again, aesthetics is just this little bit of an entry point where people, their first motivation is wanting to look good But then we're getting the effects of feeling good and having a healthier life as a result. So this is why I feel like aesthetics is actually such a fantastic entry point to find an audience that is already participating in self-care and self-improvement. How can we make that self-improvement healthier, more focused on longevity, health, and wellness, less focused on appearance that that radiance will come and will follow if we start with feel good, then look good. One doctor in this industry that I really admire, his name is Dr. Stephen Soar. He's Dr. Stephen Sore S O R R, on Instagram. So his practice amazes me. It is called The Source of Wellness, and they make healthcare better through four aspects they have movement medicine functional medicine regenerative medicine and aesthetic medicine they have these four pillars which they believe and i completely agree that would address 99 percent of health concerns so they say live better functional medicine is internal medicine so seeking to optimize blood work and biomarkers to live long and prosper they take a deep dive into thyroid sex hormones blood sugar heart disease and fight inflammation at its roots then they have heal better, regenerative medicine, and this stimulates the body to heal when it can't. Orthopedic surgery is really a last resort. Waiting for a near placement is cutting out quality years of your life, but by helping the body to rebuild and repair, The need to stay on painkillers goes away, and you can avoid surgery. So again, preventative. Then we have Move Better, their third pillar, and they call it physical therapy done right. Most PT, they say, is a waste of time and never gets to the root of the problem, but learning how to correctly move is key. Lastly, they have Look Better. Aesthetic medicine is dermatology with a focus on reversing damage to the skin and getting the inner self to shine, and I love that part he says aesthetics gives the person the confidence, the attitude, and the appeal they seek in the mirror so that that healthy glow can radiate. So putting that all together, you can see how that would directly impact what he called 99% of someone's overall health. And I absolutely love this practice model. And I think it's a great example of all of the things I've been describing today. I feel really excited as a nurse with all the advancements in this industry. I truly do get fired up about it all because, again, I think it's a really great entry point to improving people's overall health and how they live and how they feel on a day-to-day basis social media has been a really cool tool for connecting with the professionals like dr steven soar who i am talking about in an age where we have doctors and nurses and some of your providers on social media it's kind of a crazy thought to think but why wouldn't we use it as a fantastic tool for education and passing along tips for health and wellness I'm looking forward to more collaborations with some of these professionals. Maybe one day we would have Dr. Stephen Soar on the podcast. We shall see. But coming up on Radiant Health, I do have some really exciting guests lined up. At work, I work very closely with estheticians, so I have a really great esthetician friend who is coming on the show. She has her own skincare line. We're going to talk about holistic thoughts as far as treating acne and other skin concerns go, so I'm really looking to our conversation on that. Whether you are a patient or a provider, I hope that you enjoy this conversation on the future of aesthetics as I see it and as I'm excited for it. And for anyone else listening and learning more about the concepts of Radiant Health, my philosophy is always that if you truly feel good you radiate on the outside so this podcast we're always talking about ways to feel good holistic concepts ways to move our body ways to heal our body ways to prevent our body from getting sick and ways to feel good on the daily thank you for listening to another episode of radiant health I'm looking forward to future conversations and I hope you have a lovely week doing things that make you feel good and achieve radiant health